pre-show time for 485. 485. 485. So I'm say the numbers at the beginning now so I don't screw up posting. Ah. Uh-huh. Okay, so... Um, yeah, let's let's talk about... First of all, happy birthday. Thank you. You're welcome. Yesterday, 42. Yeah, what kind of sucks about 42 is it's not prime. But it's the meaning of life. I mean, 41 is prime, so that was cool. Mm. It's 40, yeah, 41's prime. So it's 43. 43's prime, yeah. 43, so they're twin, twin primes. primes. Uh, this is not a good pen. No, those are mostly markers. The pens are over here. Here. That's pencil. You probably don't want a pencil. Here you go. Your choice. Let's use the compass. <laughs> <laughs> that pencil changes color with the heat of your hand. No way. Orthodontics pencil that changes color with the heat of your hand. I think it does. I think that one changes color. All right. Let's see. So far, nothing crazy. Oh. Oh, well. Maybe it doesn't change color. Maybe I just imagined it. <laughs> uh, yeah, that'd be weird. So there'd be something that they would have to add to the graphite that had... No, no, no. The the, the paint on the outside of the pencil. Oh. Oh, no. Not oh, at all. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, that's a really cool idea what you have, though. Yeah. Um, Nanotech can do it. <laughs> You'd have to add something to the graphite that changes the reflective properties. I mean, you could do that to something, but I don't think you could do that to graphite. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, what's up? What's new? What's going on? How's things? Oh, things are great. Cool. Yeah. Get uh, your sous vide machine fixed yet? Yes. Awesome. Yes. Game, uh, uh, yes, uh, no, two days ago. Okay. For free. They sent me the free uh, clamp. So. That's good. I should get a, I should get a sous vide. Actually, you know what? I should. I have all the stuff. I could just make my own sous vide. Because I got the temperature sensor. Got a crock pot. Mm-hmm. Don't have the circulator, I guess. Circulator's important. Well, I mean, you got to just put a couple, like... I mean, all they do for the circulator is like a little... If you take a look at the inside, it's like it's, just, it's a little turning knob thing. It's just... Yeah. You know, okay. It's just a paddle. It's so just, get one of those like tub toys when we were kids that you wanted yeah. up and just put that All in it does there. Is, is a paddle that runs. Okay. And so I'll, I'll just keep winding up a tub toy and yeah. just put it in there. Okay. Uh-huh. That's all you need. It just, it just creates some circulation and that, mm-hmm. that's enough. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so I just want to write down these things so I don't forget them for the, uh, for the show. I finished... Um, the Expanse. Oh, season. yeah. What'd you think? I mean, it got... I wouldn't say it got great. I mean, it got where I wasn't bored, and I entered, enjoyed watching the rest of the season. That's, but, that's something. Um, <clears throat> what did I think about it? Um, the acting still bugs the hell out of me. Of everybody? Most of the characters? Yeah. <laughs> who, who, who did you... Uh, is there anybody you appreciated? I'm curious. Yeah, if... that I appreciated. Um, 
I started to t- take a liking to the um, the old Belter guy, the guy that took yeah. over command of the ship. He was he that that is my he was my favorite. He's because David Stratum is really good. He's a good actor, and yeah. he just he. I was trying not to let their Belter slang and accent, you know, the dialect, mm-hmm. um, like make me be prejudiced against the character or something like that. You know, so once I got you know kind of used to the dialect and stuff, you know, I, I thought he's uh, he had a bit of an arc. Didn't necessarily go in the good direction at the end there, but he had a bit of an arc. It was understandable, and, right? I mean, yeah. he like he he wanted to make up for past deeds. He thought he was helping to save humanity, mm-hmm. even though he was making things worse. But it wasn't. It wasn't just I'm evil. Yeah. Oh, just when, when the Marines were coming down when she was broadcasting, and they knew there was a friend there, and they she they kind of stopped, you know, doing her down. That just didn't seem to really fit right. Well, it's, her experience. I mean, there, there's a lot of stuff you okay. missed to right. understand why she would. T- okay, yeah, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. yeah, a couple seasons of stuff I didn't watch. Um, I didn't like the pastor, you know, the lady from Lost. I just don't like her character. Mm. Um, Holden, not so much. Holden's kind of a nothing character. Yeah. Hopefully, I, um, Amos grew on you a bit. Amos was okay. Yeah. Once you understand where he's coming from, yeah, it's, he starts to make a lot more sense. I mean, yeah, when they came to the um, the Belter ship and like he was being protective of um, what's her name, and Belter, uh, yeah. Oh, uh, Black uh, Girl. uh, Naomi. Naomi. Um, I'm gonna need know, that gun back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, he started to have a bit more character there. Um, it, it got to the point where I was like, okay, I can see where this season goes. I'm, I'm in, I'm, I'm interested enough in the story, right? Cool. But really, not much beyond interest in the story. And then, this is very plot driven. Yeah. Series, this, this these episodes are very plot driven. Um, and they basically wrote their self like into a green pasture at the end there. Well, see, the interesting thing about it is a lot of the first stuff we're setting up all the the politics and stuff of the solar mm-hmm. system and how it was working and how you know the Earth is overpopulated, but. Uh, relies on lots of food and stuff from from the Belters, uh, food and water and all that other stuff. The Belters, Mars is trying to also, Mars is trying to terraform their planet into something where they don't have to rely so much on mm-hmm. all this other stuff. Right. And the Belters, of course, are uh, almost indentured servitudes to, but they've they've rebelled and sort of formed their own thing uh, because where else are is Earth and other stuff going to get there? Mm-hmm. Then this happens. All of a sudden, now you know why it's called the Expanse. Yeah, <laughs> and suddenly, like in an instant, all the politics changes. Oh yeah, like Earth now <clears throat> is going to be a backwater. Um, oh, the okay. belt has no power anymore. <laughs> there's going to be there's fifteen hundred solar systems. Are, are they all habitable? I mean, are they all inhabited? They're not inhabited, they're habitable. Okay, right. Okay, so they're all habitable. Yeah. 
Okay. All of them or most of them? I, or... mo- probably most of them. Okay. We haven't, you know, I was just curious if there was a distinction whether they were all happy, like whether you knew and whether it mattered and whether there was a distinction if every 50, every one of them was habitable or if just, I mean, you know... if three of them are habitable, it's a huge deal. Oh, sure. If, Hundreds of them are habitable. It's oh no, I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. I was just wondering if there was information. Why stay the... on Mars now? Mars was like the next bait, next oh, best yeah. place. You know, so all of the <clears throat> politics, all of the power structures, is suddenly almost like instantly changed overnight. Well, yeah, it's gonna be a land rush, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, <laughs> until this. Until a super advanced um, race comes in the in one of those portals <laughs> and wipes them out. I mean, the thing is that was billions of years ago. This was set up, mm-hmm. and those people or race they're all gone. Yeah, but there's probably there should be, you know, other more advanced races near neighbors now. Maybe, maybe. As far as I know, that's not a part of it. As far okay. as I know, this this is about humans who have found something right but it's still not still about... a human story it's not star wars yet right makes sense makes sense not making it into star wars yeah um makes sense kind of keeping it hard sci-fi with just, just a little oh. bit of space magic <laughs> yeah with a magic portal um but you know once you get through the magic portal if yeah, I mean, I, so I could buy that story, right? You have these, the ancients who built this thing, but they went extinct. We've triggered it. And now, you know, we, yeah, I mean, it's hard, like, so, you know, we don't have any, in real life, we don't have any evidence about how prevalent mm-hmm. life is or how prevalent intelligence life is, uh, intelligent life is. And, I mean, the expanse is, pretty hard sci-fi if i remember if the stories in the book. hard enough yeah i mean in terms yeah. of how it's how they're doing the ships and yeah so it should be regimented up to be like you know there shouldn't be life everywhere unless unless that the providers right the people who made this thing um set it up where they're kind of a telephone switchboard you know when those are all the habitable systems in the universe type thing maybe know? i mean the interesting thing about it is like that the ring space that they were in was not space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was something different, which is why it could be manipulated in the way it could be, and, and they could slow things down. So those weren't wormholes, per se, in terms of how wormholes <coughs> are supposed to work. They're supposed right. to connect two pieces of space. Right. They went into this... Yeah, but they're functionally wormholes. I mean... They're the wormholes functionally sci-fi from wormholes. a pop sci yeah. idea of wormholes, but from a scientific idea of what a no. wormholes are, they're not. Um, and that's and the interesting thing is, you know, all this time was spent in those in in basically. So there are like there are nine books in this series. I think they've published seven. The first three basically are are the first trilogy that sets up then mm-hmm. this new uh new paradigm but the idea is um where was i going with this uh that that there's like i had a point so here's a question for you since i didn't watch all the politics stuff are 
the planets generally unified? Is there, or is there still partisan infighting on Earth? Is there still partisan infighting on Mars? Earth is is for the most part taken over by by the UN. Uh, there are way more people on Earth than Earth can support. Uh, but essentially, if you're not rich and or extraordinarily lucky, you're put on basic, which is not income so much as it's just you get food, you get a place to stay, you get housing, you get food, and that's it. It seems ripe for evolution, doesn't it? Um, <clears throat> I mean, that's why people have left and people try to do other yeah. things, you know. But uh, and then there are a lot, there's there's a whole massive underclass on Earth who uh, don't ever get to go anywhere uh, or do anything, and some of them manage to escape and leave to the belt. Or Mar- so Mars has um, they went independent and they have been developing lots of high tech stuff, but they're just still not they don't nearly have as many like as, as much armed forces as the UN, so they're mm-hmm. they're smaller. But they're more high tech. Oh, I mean, so earlier you said Earth is a backwater, but it still has the largest population. Earth has become a backwater now. But it has the largest population, right? So, I mean, they're going to have the influence on the new populated lands. Well, right? what what does Earth have to offer when you now have... Well, right, but, I mean, culture, right? Because, I mean, now it's going to be a land rush, right? They're going to be trying to find which portal has the best, you know, which ones are Fiji mm-hmm. and have the, you know, paradise... And, you know, they're going to be fighting over paradises. Mm-hmm. You know, not everyone's going to... As they gonna... said, a blood-soaked gold rush, yeah. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, I mean, that would write it the same way, right? But if if most of the human population are on Earth... Oh, yeah, I don't, I don't remember what to say. Okay, yeah. You know, I would say if most... So they're going to have the majority of the, the people transiting, the culture, you know, when they establish, you know... So it seems like, you know, they still have an advantage, right? The, the Earthlings will still have an advantage over the Martians or the Belters. For for a little bit, but who knows how long that's going to last. Yeah, I mean, um, a generation or two and you're not an Earthling anymore. But yeah, you, it, the, depends, it depends how much culture has shifted. I mean, they try to show it with the Belters in their own language, right? Or their own uh, pigeon. Um, which is great. There's, there's, like, there's a screen, that, I don't know if you, if you notice it, but the, the screens that have, like, stuff on them say... S H O W X A T I N G. Show the thing. Oh, show the thing. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't see that. They have navigation. I saw S-H-U-X. actually. I saw it on one. I saw yeah. Belter slang on one screen. Yeah. So it's not just how they talk. It's mm-hmm. actually made it into the language, which was I did notice that. Um, maybe it's just for ease of television, and maybe the books are doing it differently. But you know. It's not like that. It doesn't seem like that the three uh, planet-based uh, cultures have really diverged all that much. Well, they haven't it, had a huge amount of time. Well, right, yeah. right. So, yeah, I think you know if you transit, you know, two or three generations later, as long as there's not someone stoking the fire of partisanship, you know, which. I mean, look at the earth we live in now, right? Yeah. <laughs> Someone is always doing that. So maybe I'm thinking of a utopian paradise where everyone moves there. Yeah, says, this, is, this, this place is, is pretty swell. Let's get along. This series is not about utopias. Yeah. Um, 
what, what, so what's interesting is that first those first three books. What I, I remember what I was trying to say is that there's all this mystery about what the proto molecule was, what it was doing. People mm-hmm. people using it for war, people using it, you know, trying to understand it. And it turns out it was just trying to build a road. <laughs> it is all it was. It was just right. a machine designed, you know, very f- sophisticated machine designed to build a road, and. Everyone totally misunderstood it, misunderstood all of its things, but it didn't care about mm-hmm. the people that it killed or whatever. And at the and ultimately, when it finally makes itself, into so what why it's was to be, why was holding the key? Like, why did he have to close the circuit? And... Be, like, like uh, the Miller guy said, because he exists. Miller was. Is there any reason it was him? He had the ship, and his ship had a bit of proto molecule still stuck on it. Oh okay, it was, he was the easiest one to talk to. He had a, he had a relationship with the Miller character that was that had merged into the proto molecule. Oh okay, so I mean, it was just it was a convenience thing. I see. At least that's how I'm choosing to read it. Yeah. Okay, uh, because you know it was a ship. It was it was a ship that didn't have to go through command structures to go places, right? Yeah, it wasn't a Martian ship that had to like rebel against the Martians yeah. in order to do that shit, or somebody had to follow. Oh, right, because they were they were just privateers, right, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. And, and so he needed somebody who was actually physically there in order to start whatever process it was that uh, allowed him to open up all the gates. And the point of him, the Miller, the investigator, opening up all the gates wasn't. To allow humans to enter the gates, it was to figure out what happens to civilization. Mm-hmm. And humans are just, you know, they're they're there, but who cares? Right. Inconsequential. When the Belzer captain hooked up the mech legs. That was that was okay. <laughs> uh so yeah, I'm I'm, I'm glad that finally it, it sort of clicked. In some sense, like you're... I was waiting for her to use the mech legs against the exoskeleton, bad lady. Oh. You know, because it seemed like those were should have came together since, you know, we have super. But the exoskeleton bad lady is not a bad lady. She's uh. she's part of their team. But, but there was the bad dude. Oh, yeah. He got smashed by the lift. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was unexpected. They set it up very much like, oh, she's going to sacrifice herself and then... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, no, cool. Uh, so, yeah. So, like, if you would like, I mean, you could go back and watch the the expanse to sort of understand some of that politics stuff. Since I really don't like the acting much, I don't. Think I don't I think I can. it's entirely necessary. But at least you see, like, this yeah. is going in interesting places, and this is taking mm-hmm. uh, and it's setting up questions, but it's also answering them, which is nice. Yeah. So the thing that got me through that is you, know, you saw the treadmill in there. I've been. You know, doing a lot of time on the treadmill trying to work on this, uh-huh. and uh, the, you know the uh, you know what I like probably my favorite thing on the treadmill is watching number file videos. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. It just it, it it gets me thinking enough that it distracts that? it. Uh, I don't know some message or I turned down the sound. Um, it actually distracts me. Like gets me. Looking at it, like I was watching one on, on uh, the opposite of infinity and infinitesimals, right? And um, actually, I didn't get it through. I got had to jump off and do something. But uh, uh, you know, that's just 
seems to make the miles melt away. He's his... watched his FaceTime videos on that. Yeah, yeah. PBS FaceTime. Yeah. For some reason, I must have watched a number file or two. So now it's like YouTube thinks that, you know, it's my favorite thing in the mm. world. So it recommends all of them. I mean, number file is a good channel. Yeah. Uh, they, they, the weird thing is, like, I'm a huge fan of math. It's weird to call it number file because numbers aren't really that important in math. I mean, in, well, in that's the, what they do, right? They distill this, um, these, I don't know if they're theorems or postulates, whatever, but you know, they'll distill down like, um, they go immediately to variables, right? To letters, right? They're talking about like how can you know how can you prove you can fit a number between one number and the next number? Well, so number one, the first number, so like say zero is a, and one is b, right? So the formula to prove you can fit a number between that is a plus b divided by two mm-hmm. it gives you a half, right? And you just do that the whole way down to you have a million zeros, you know? And hey, look, it still divides in half, right? Uh, and you get a number between it. And, uh, you know, this was the beginning of the infinitesimal thing. But, you know, they do it right there. And they've done it. I've watched other ones where, you know, they start doing other kinds of proofs. Right. Like, you substitute any number for n and you throw it together into a, right. into a simple way of structuring it. And you see that no matter what you pop in those. Yeah. The um, the one where they were doing. Uh, it was. What were they? The toothpick thing, the toothpick game. It's almost like a fractal, right? Where you lay a toothpick down, and then on the tip of every toothpick, you put another bisecting toothpick, and you can write have a formula like how like and it because it goes in squares, right? Mm-hmm. You know where four, eight, sixteen. The thing is an even pattern, right? And um, you know, so the guy started writing the formulas for the math he had done on this this toothpick game, and like you know, right away. To to do his like proofs, you know, he actually got away from numbers and this whole like relationship of variables and stuff. And I remember some of that, but you know, I probably never had a really good math teacher. And uh, <laughs> there was me. there was one that was that I really loved, which was if you have I forget I forget what it was, but if you have I think a, a rod and you need to turn it all the way around. What's the, what's the smallest area you can do that in? Okay. Turn this rod all the way from around. I think I think that's what it was. Turn this rod all the way around. And at first, like you think, well, you need to have it like at least a circle, right? I mean, right. Well, so I so before you tell me the answer, I saw something on like Facebook the other day that I think is going to give me the answer here. Okay. And what it was an art piece here. Can let me sketch it out real quick, even though it's not going to help the listeners at home. Yeah. Actually, I got, I got it. Okay. All right. It was an art piece and it was on a, on a turntable. Okay. And it was an umbrella coming up at an angle like this. Okay. Uh-huh. So imagine a turntable with an, an umbrella at a 45 degree angle coming off of it. Right. And then there was this board, so like bisecting the turntable, and the cutout for the umbrella, so it could pass through the board bisecting it, was kind of this U-shaped thing, right? Because when it's coming through, the bottom part actually comes through the bottom part first, and the umbrella is pointing away from it on the backside, and as it comes through, it was... Tune. Let me see. Let me find it for you instead of describing this. What am I doing? <laughs> what am I, if we only had the internet. 
The what now? So, I would guess that the answer has something to do with a phenomenon kind of like what I just described. Uh, while I'm looking for the umbrella thing, you can continue talking. Okay, so the first thing that was discovered was that you can sort of, you can significantly change the area by sort of making a shape like this. Right? To, okay. to, to have it kind of twist around. I don't follow what you sketch there. So instead, so th- this thing turns around like on this, like that, and you can sort of actually have it kind of just go into here and around here and around here and here. Oh, right? so okay, so the diamond. So you made kind of a um, almost like a Steelers logo diamond, where right. it's kind of curved in, yeah. right? And then, but it's. It's moderately bigger than the rod. Because right. you drew it exactly the same size as the yeah, rod. Yeah. So it couldn't really... It's moderately bigger than the rod, but it's not as big as, as you might expect. But, you but okay, so but it can actually basically roll on the concave part of the diamonds, right? Right, right. Okay, makes sense. That's not... Yeah, that's not related to... So that's that was the start. And then a guy f- uh, found that you could actually make it so it is... You can make it so the area is infinitesimally larger than than this just to turn okay. it. Uh, so the rod itself and the area to turn it all the way around would have to be just infinitesimally just infinitesimally smaller or infinitesimally larger than the rod itself and that is done by doing this really weird complex thing where it you you have it go out and slightly change and go back in and then go out and slightly change and go back in and it turns out to be sort of like this. Stop playing the sound. It it, tur- it, it it turns into something like this. Okay. But since each of these is infinitesimally small, they they don't add too much to any area really. Uh, oh, so it's more like so it's a a, a bazillion pointed star. Yeah. Where it's like twice as long as the rod, but mm-hmm. because you're dealing with infinitesimals, there's no... It not, doesn't really add anything. All right, so here's the sculpture I was talking about. So the umbrella... Okay. Oh, play, damn it. I see, so... And even though, even though the umbrella is not curved, it's a curved shape... The way it's on the angle of the turntable and the, the, the sheet that does a board that's bisecting the turntable, it is this kind of U-shaped thing. And the umbrella just kind of just barely fits through. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I'll see if I can find that that interesting one. Because th- th- it was a cool number file because it was like for... for is it's like about a fourteen minute one, and for like ten minutes you're like, "What the hell is he doing? I don't understand." And then all of a sudden it comes together at the end, and you're like, "Oh!" <laughs> it just says, "Oh, just go." It's like, "Oh, that totally makes sense," but you have to go through all yeah, this, yeah. all these steps to sort of understand. I don't know if you really have to go through all those steps. Well, it's, I, I think I, I'm not making the problem as explicit oh, okay. as it was. I see. Uh here but basically th- this is the gist of it which is mm-hmm. that you 
if you do this sort of infinitesimal thing, then you figure out a way to... Right. It's a weird problem, though, right? Because it's the least amount of space that the object ever occupies, but it's a larger... Right, and you, I'm, you need a larger area enabled to do this maneuver. Yeah, and I'm not, the thing the thing that I'm not sure about is I'm not sure that I'm getting the the the, the initial problem right. correct. But what I'm saying is you need a, like a larger area to do this maneuver, mm-hmm. even though the rod itself occupies yeah. less area throughout the total of the maneuver. Right. Um, you know, a circle is probably the least amount of total area to do the maneuver because the diamond would have to be maybe not maybe the diamond is less area yeah probably is yeah Mm, i mean but but then you're also talking about like but it's it's this weird shaped area right so you still need this 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 constrained area has to exist in some other space right you would think yeah, and, yeah. I mean, there has what what the what the guy said at the end was was a, a good way of thinking about this problem is or, or or appreciating this problem is imagine having to having a large log in a forest and having to move yeah. that large log through a forest without and, cutting down all the trees. Mm-hmm. Yeah, makes sense. I'll see if I can find that and send that to you. Since you're looking at number file videos anyway, yeah, I'll probably get there. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple other ones that that are not necessarily number files, but at least stuff that I can show you that are uh, very similar number files. And there's a, a you seen Matt Parker on some number files, I'm sure. I may have. I don't know who Matt Parker. Um, is. He did a really good Royal Institution uh, um, talk. It's it's first of all where I learned how to do the tying issues and that not. Okay. But second of all, it, it really does a great job of explaining how to visualize the fourth dimension. All right, I'll get there. I got lots of miles to walk this year. <laughs> walk, run. Gotta get my endurance back up. But you know, two hours watching Number File makes a difference. Yeah, sure. I mean, it, it, yeah, like, like you said, it's it's lots lots to think about. Yeah. Lots of good stuff. Well, in it's there. like I thought I would like watching like build videos, like Maker, like Adam Savage doing stuff, but. I don't know. I get bored. Yeah, it's boring because it's you know, I think those are more wallpaper. Yeah, right. You have them all in the background. Something interesting happens. You can pay attention. Yeah, but they're not. They're not they don't insist on you getting your attention constantly. Yeah. I look for Tadeshi. When they do like Tadeshi's toys stuff like that, he does some really great stuff. Okay. Uh, this guy. Okay, I haven't seen those ones yet. Um, <clears throat> the guy does the Klein bottles. He's crazy. Cliff uh, something. Um, yeah. <coughs> yeah. This one was great. This this, uh, this one about freaky dot patterns. All right. I'll get there. All right, but I noticed when I was watching those, like you know, just time would fly because uh, I'd be, you know, in my head mm-hmm. trying to understand what's what's happening. Yeah, maybe I'll actually get a handle on calculus again if I watch enough. They don't really go into calculus yeah. much in number file. On, yeah, 
the infinitesimal one was talking about right because that's kind of you know the yeah. curve type thing I was getting into it and it was kind of refreshing my memory on some stuff that i haven't thought about in you know very very long time i mean calculus it ultimately isn't that hard because what you ultimately end up doing is just memorizing tricks to to, yeah. to uh, how to do it because uh, you're not actually going through where you're, okay i'm going to make all these little squares and stuff like that. No, there are like tricks. There are power rules and things you can do and you understand. Once you understand it, just like when you understand things in parentheses, you can sort of pop things out of parentheses. You understand when things are in integrals, you can move them around and stuff like that. It's just learning the, the tricks. Yeah. And, and and that requires you understanding, know, knowing what's happening inside these things to know then what the tricks are. But honestly, it just takes time it, it's not hard for anybody to learn. I, and and I, I, like, you don't have to be smart. Look at me. You don't have to be smart to learn calculus. You just have to work at it. Right. If only I had a job where I needed calculus. <laughs> Allie was asking me, hey, I took her down to the makerspace down to Proto Haven. And um, we, were, we were having a pretty good talk about it. Like, she wanted to know where in the world I would want to go. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's a hard question. Like, what for? Mm-hmm. Like to experience the awe of humanity, the awe of nature, beer, you know, <laughs> what? You know, so we had a good conversation about that. And then she asked me, you know, um, I'm trying to remember how she put it, but you know, you know, basically, you know, like what, what was my dream job? What would I want to do type thing? Oh. And like I said, if, if I had the, you see, I understand what I was saying at first. I had to explain it. But I'm like, if I, if I knew now, if I knew what I knew now when I was, you know, in high school, you know, and she's like, well, if you knew what you knew now in high school, you'd, you'd be super smart, right? <laughs> like, no, not that, not that. It's the, you know, if I knew what it took to, to get stuff done, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. Um, you know, I, I just, I don't know, being some kind of scientist or researcher, you know, that would have been the way to focus, I think. Work for NASA or a national laboratory or something. Yeah, I totally would have. I, I totally would love to be at CERN. Like that would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, what are you gonna do? It's yeah. easier just to write web pages. <laughs> it's definitely easier to write web pages. Um, I do want to talk about our Cheers thing. We never managed to talk about it in the main show or my my issue with Cheersing. Okay. And there's some interesting stuff going on in the craft beer world regarding labor. Yeah. So that needs to be kind of discussed. Yeah, we can definitely cover that. And move on to the show. Yeah, let's do it. I'm a bit thirsty. <laughs> 